Welcome to the Changemakers podcast. I'm Jennifer Carr from the ITAM Forum. And I'm Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. Changemakers shines a light on successful ITAM leaders who share their stories and their perspective on how to elevate ITAM. These are the Changemakers. Today, we're talking with Justine McSweeney, who's an asset manager working with the iconic brand Volkswagen, and in particular, Volkswagen Financial Services. So I'm sure everyone's familiar with this. You um, you might buy a car with cash, or you might buy some sort of uh, lease deal or whatever, and Justine works in the financial part of that, that company. Um, she's worked for this company for over 30 years. So um, quite a career, and but only recently shifted over to the ITAM space. Jen, have you ever had a VW? I have. I am a previous proud owner of a 1979 Volkswagen Super Beetle convertible. Diamond silver, black roof, black interior. Nice. I'm also a VW fan. Uh, iconic brand, so it's, it's fantastic to have a chat with Justine. Justine's only worked in the ITAM space for less than three years of those 30 years at VW. She came into the role after requesting a new challenge. Um, and I love this. I think she was in problem management and she's she's seen an opportunity and she's gone for it. She made a real impact at VW in the ITAM role and went on to win the ITAM Review Excellence Award for the Rising Star category. So that's anyone that's just starting out in ITAM that's making an impact. We spoke with Justine about her time at Volkswagen and the many different roles she has done at that company that have had nothing to do with ITAM or, in fact, tech. Started working, uh, filing actual pieces of paper. So when you get a contract nowadays, it's all done digitally and nobody signs anything and there's no carbonated paper. Some people listening to this will go, what this is like that? Earth is this carbonated is paper? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. carbon copies. <laughs> yeah. So I used to file those in a little room all by myself in a um, in a crappy old building in, in Milton Keynes. Um, and then just sort of progress from there, really. And, and the organisation has been really good in the respect of having the opportunities to, to move around. So I've never really stayed too long in one place. Um, so I've done things like I worked on the uh, the help desk when it comes to retailers ringing in saying, "Can I have a quote, Justine? I'm, you know, I want to want to sell this customer a, a new car. Um, they want it on finance. How much it's going to cost? Wow. Uh, to discussing the same sort of things with fleet users. Um, and then I moved more into a sort of an admin role. Um, I disappeared off for a little while to have my son, 25 years ago. Um, and then when I came back, then I started moving more into more of an IT role, I'd, I'd call it. So I did a bit in a secretarial work. I did a bit of um, admin work in the program office. Uh, then I moved into more of a business analysis role. And I think that's really where everything then started to kick in with me. This is my comfort zone. I, I understand this now. Um so moving through the organisation then into um, the governance role, which I was doing more of a problem and escalation management. So working in the okay. ITL world. Oh, okay. um, so you came, you came, you had a bit of that in your background. Yeah, had oh. a, 
Yeah, had a lot of that. So I did all the um, most of the ITIL certifications. Um, like I said, then moved into sort of the. So you're doing so service management then, were you? Yeah, I was doing the instant management side of things and the application management support side of things. And then um, we needed to, I had this idea that we needed to look at why, why am I always running around like a headless chicken dealing with high priority incidents? Why can't I stop them? So um, I pulled a paper together and, and sat with my line management and said, we need to do root cause analysis here. We need problem management. So thankfully, like I say, great organisation, um, encouraged me to to find that role within the within the organisation and, and build the, the capability. So we did that, did that for four and a bit years, um, and then I thought, okay, so I need to do a little bit more now on improving the, the you know all the ITIL functions. So took on part of the service improvement role then. So worked sort of hand in hand. Um, and then I got a little bit bored, really. I think my, my <laughs> career then started to take a little bit of a, oh, what am I doing here? What do I really want to do? And my boss, who at the time, um, we'd worked together for many, many years over different uh, roles, et cetera, that he had and, and myself. So I had a really good relationship with him. And I just I just sat down with him one day and said, look, this, this isn't going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I think I'm done with problem management now. So w- what else is there for me? What, what do you need help with? What can I help with? Um, and it just so happened to be at the time that he'd taken on responsibility for asset management, not really knowing too much about asset management. It was just one of those capabilities that was that was thrown at him. Um, I said, right, OK, fine. Let, let me see if I can I can help you. So just out of curiosity, when you joined the organisation 31 years ago, um, that was in the finance part of VW, right? Still in finance. So what yeah, so, were people what were people leasing 31 years ago? What mark of golf <laughs> was that? Blimey, mark of golf. Probably some still mark twos, I would say. Um, and that to me is one of the classics. I do like a mark two golf, I have to say. Um, uh, it was the time when we had a Shiroko, the original Shiroko. If anybody can remember oh, yes. the, the original Shirocos. Car fans out there all love that. So when we're talking to Justine, she's clearly a people person that comes shining through during the conversation. Absolutely. She really enjoys working with a wide variety of people in different departments, building relationships and helping to solve problems and and find solutions. Even if she has to say no to a particular request from one of her stakeholders, she really is determined to find a suitable alternative because she really wants to be a fixer and to enable them and the organization she works for. You know, I'm, I'm having conversations with people that I would never have had conversations with before and understanding how they're using the license that I've provided them or why I haven't provided them the license and how can we work out a different way of, of doing the job that you need to do with another tool. Um, so it's just having those, that, that different network of people I think that's where some of the um, recognition of, of my uh, of my uh, career has come from as well, because I'm not just talking to the IT people anymore. I've got, you know, I'm talking to finance people and um, just everybody that, that has, and everybody has a license of, of some description for something on their system. So um, 
I think that's that's yeah, that's maybe where my my drive has come from as well. Mm-hmm. So could... going back to those relationships and building those relationships yeah. through the organization yeah. and showing yeah. how you can help them and how they help you and absolutely it goes back to that whole self-marketing thing doesn't it at the end of the day they might think it's me being or Justine's coming to us for information but actually in the background all I'm trying to do is get you to realize the importance of you know the job that I'm doing here um and you know it's just a simple conversation isn't it once even just once a year just to say you know that product that you're using right now are you going to be using it again next year do you think it's going to be an increase or um can we talk about another product and bring our, you know, our architecture team in to start reviewing another product that we might already have? Justine mentioned that she had done some stakeholder mapping training. And I found that very interesting because I would imagine that kind of training would be very beneficial to a wide variety of people, regardless of the role that they do and where they work. Yeah, and, and when we were actually recording the podcast, um, she was referring to a chart on the wall. And she can, you can actually see her pointing towards it, couldn't you? You could see her looking at mm-hmm. the colours and, and referring to it. Um, and ITAM Breast Practice refers to, you know, working with stakeholders and identifying ideally what's in it for them and what's in it for their department and what's, you know, what are their motivations? Because then you can really accelerate your stakeholder relationships. Um, and as you said, Jen, it's, it's something that everyone could benefit from, I think. Stepping back then into an into an IT asset manager role, all of a sudden you're just that person that says no to to a license, um, or you know I've got no budget for that, Justine, or or whatever the case may be. So I took it upon myself to to do some training with, within the organisation about stakeholder maps. So I have my stakeholder map right in front of me now, and it it you know it, it tells me every day what my good, bad, or indifferent stakeholders are and how they want to engage with me is something that I've pulled from them so I've gone out to them and said look you're on my stakeholder map I need you because of xyz and you need to now come back and tell me how you want us to interact because I can I can tell you everything I can tell you something or you can come and ask me for it at the end of the day um so I've kind of used that, and like I say, I refer to that every time I type an email or set up a meeting or a session or whatever it might be and work out, like, what stakeholder are they? How have they, how have they agreed that we need to, to interact? And what level do I need to, to speak to them at, if that sounds, if you know what I mean But when I yes. say that? And I would encourage anybody that's listening to this to, to maybe do that stakeholder map and really you know, understand what it is that you want from them and vice versa. Um, don't look at it just one way, always, you know, transverse it and, and look at it from both both ways and agree then with them what it is that you're you're going to give them, when you're going to give it them, etc. Um, and how, what platform. So it's not just about forming relationships with other people in your organisation. It's about figuring out how that person ticks and what they're looking to benefit from this relationship. Um, this is something that everyone can benefit from. So mastering this is a real skill for asset management. So we spoke to Justine about working with stakeholders, but we also asked what other skills are useful for asset management? 
when you do all problems and escalation, instant management, etc., all you're doing basically is just trying to find out, you know, that next level of information to, to make things better. And that's really what we do in ITAM. We find out that data and then we go ahead and, and use it to make things better. And that could be we're making things better from a cost perspective, that we're making things better from a security perspective, from a risk perspective from a, an environment, all of those things, you know, but until we've got that level of data and that level of um, digging into the information, then we're not going to be able to make a, a difference. So if you've got that mentality already, ITAM is definitely for you. I liked how the fact that she doesn't come from a technical background and she mentioned that some of her technical colleagues might even mock her for that about her technical knowledge, but it doesn't matter because she has such a strong relationship with them that she can get past that. Maybe, what maybe do you I do? could- What do you do, what do you do, Jen? When you're faced with all this ITAM gobbledygook, what do you do? Google it. I Google it. <laughs> or I ask somebody. I'm not, I'm not shy to uh, ask questions that perhaps may be dumb to someone who's very technical. Um, but yeah, it's either just asking those questions or, or going to, uh, everyone's friend, Google. I'm not technical. I do not have a technical background. So some of these terminologies that come out, CPUs, and, and I'm like, what? I don't, I don't get it. Um, but again, the organization has some great people that I can go to for that information. So I don't necessarily have to be the font of all knowledge. I know, at least I know, and maybe my 31 years in the organisation helped that as well, but I know who to go to. I know that my infrastructure guys, I'll say to them, look, someone said something about a CPU licence and I don't know what they're talking about. What does that all mean? <laughs> I can pick up the phone, they can say, Justine, this is what it means. Like, great. So obviously we've got lots and lots of different device types and because I don't really understand how all the, and I, I use, it's a box. It's just a box with bits on it, but we're in a virtual environment. So that box has other little boxes, but they're not actually boxes. Yeah. And, and where then is my CPU? Or um, I, I just don't understand all of those those components. Virtual, I virtual computers and things. Yeah, I understand virtual there's desktop. a but it, it's how they all fit together. And bless them, my guys in um, infrastructure, there's one guy there that, that we've worked together for 31 years. And it is a standing joke with me. Every time I have a meeting with him, it's like, I try and, I try and talk technical and he'll just say to me, Justine, enough now. <laughs> you, you've got to your limit, love. Will you stop? Walk away. I think a lot of this is a bit like, uh, the, the, the comparison I like to make is, is like, you don't have to learn deep French you can just get by with conversational. And I think you need conversational tech. You don't need to know the ins and outs of CPUs. You just need to know the principle of a CPU and how that relates to cost. I find it interesting that many people we speak with who do an ITAM role do not come from a technical background. They come from a wide variety of backgrounds, some that are quite unexpected. So I think it really goes to show that you don't need to be a quote unquote techie to do an ITAM role. You probably do, however, need uh, a little level of understanding 
of tech, but you don't definitely don't need to be an expert or have a deep understanding. And if I think of the asset managers I've spoken to, um, clearly some of them are very technical, but a lot of them are business orientated as well. And um, there's lots of opportunities for both in the ITAM world. And also the way the market is going, the way IT is moving, things are less about bits and bytes and CPUs. It's more about uh, IT generally is about being a broker of services and not necessarily all the little itty bitty components. So I think the business side of things will grow and grow. It was a real pleasure talking to Justine. You get the impression she's a real evangelist for the subjects. Um, so let's hear from Justine. One last thing, if you're considering moving into the ITAM space or curious about what it's about, let's hear from Justine. And I would encourage everybody to, to maybe not necessarily jump straight in, but, you know, maybe start having a look or have that conversation with your current ITAM um, managers, teams, etc., and and go and see what we're all about because it's um it's a great journey to be on. You've been listening to the Change Makers podcast. I'm Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. I'm Jennifer Carr from the ITAM Forum. And we're talking with ITAM leaders who share their ITAM stories, their perspectives, and are looking to elevate the ITAM profession. If you're interested in the ITAM Review Excellence Awards, please visit the ITAM Review at itassetmanagement.net. Search for Excellence Awards and please put forward a submission. We'll be talking with more changemakers during the coming months, so stay tuned to the ITAM Review podcast for more interviews with ITAM leaders. And if you'd like to join us on the podcast, please reach out and say hello. We're always interested in speaking with ITAM leaders. Mm-hmm.